Welcome to the Settle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the Aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. Today is Sunday, July 16th, 2023. I'm going to take a slightly different tack today. Usually, as you know, I, I spend a lot of time um, researching, taking notes about what I want to say. I write out quite a bit of what I want to say, and but today's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's going to be a little more from the hip. Um, that's because it has to be, and, and the reason for that uh, will make itself evident. I apologize uh, for for not being as refined as usual, if you can call anything that I've done uh, refined with a straight face, but uh, let's give it a go. I went and saw that movie uh, Sound of Freedom last week, and, you know, I've I've had an interest in human trafficking for years. It actually, I actually took, like, every single class I could get my hands on about it when I was in the reserves, and some of it was like... Uh, online and it was kind of generic and and whatever but there was some really good speakers we had uh access to and then there was some really good um in-person instruction that we were able to participate in and that was really really interesting and disturbing at the same time but you know slavery exists today all over the world in uh you know in the united states yes as well it's not it's not the slavery that you learn about in school necessarily. You know, you watch the movie Roots, or I don't know if they still do that or not, but uh, I did when I was in school. We watched the movie Roots, and we learned about slavery in the South and in the States, you know, pre-Civil War. Um, but if you haven't seen the movie yet, I suggest that you watch it. Um, if it's if it's anywhere near an accurate representation uh, of the life and work of Tim Ballard, um, I, I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary. Um, it's, it's quite a frightening look at a hard reality of life uh, of life. And um, the statistics that, that are presented and, and sort of like the, the process of what's going on with human trafficking and the cartels and the, um, the sex slavery industry, um, that that all lines up what what's presented all lines up quite quite well with the stuff that I've learned previously so I can I can just say that and the movie itself focuses on the sex trafficking of children Jim Caviezel um, you know from he played Jesus Christ in in the uh, the passion and he, he's a pretty famous actor but Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard and he, and he does an excellent job I think of of sort of bringing that passion and that emotion and everything that you would, you would want um, or you would expect uh, from someone who has witnessed the sort of uh, horrors that, that someone like Tim Ballard has in his career. So of course, uh, most of you, if you're listening to this, have heard about the movie, maybe went and saw it or, or probably at least saw some coverage about it or about, you know, um, how the Rolling Stone and CNN and some other outlets sort of tried to cast dispersion on, on Tim Ballard and, and Jim Caviezel and, uh, the whole, 
idea that that sex trafficking in human like like it's blown way out of proportion and uh, i don't know i guess you got to kind of wonder about the what motivates people to fiercely oppose a movie that sheds light on human trafficking it's a very real and and terrible um problem uh, especially the this i mean the horrific nature of sex trafficking in children it just it makes me wonder who would who would want to oppose that even if there are elements to the movie which like i said i don't know how accurate it is or anything i haven't done a deep dive on tim ballard but if it's bringing light to a subject like that why would you want to cast dispersion on that i don't know i'm just gonna leave it at that but uh there's a darkness in the air can you feel it i feel it i i I feel it and that and i don't think it's just me I'm at home alone this weekend. My my wife's camping with with family, and uh, I couldn't get off Monday, so it, it ended up staying back. But um, after going out and scraping the garage, you know that's a terrible thing to have to do. I was scraping the paint off the garage, and I went to the farmers market. You know, you got to support your local farmers market. I'm a huge advocate of that. I took the dogs for a walk and made some lunch, and then I was like, oh, I'm kind of lazy. I think I'm going to sit down and uh see if there's anything to watch and so i was like scrolling through amazon prime i don't have netflix or hulu or cable tv or anything but for some reason i still have amazon prime i know well i was scrolling through the movies and and the shows i couldn't for the life of me um find anything that that i was like uh, i'm gonna spend my time doing this watching this it just couldn't and i was scrolling through the new releases and they were just like jam packed with dark and demonic or like highly sexualized content. And I'm not like a prude. I'm not. Uh, but, you know, if it wasn't some sci fi flick that was actually promoting transhumanism, it was a movie about demons and like glorifying some kind of satanic something or another. Or it was, you know, like I said, like highly sexualized content. Um, or it was something about how every, how racist everybody is, or it was some LGBTQ stuff. I'm watching these trailers and I'm like, come on, is it, is everything gotta be propaganda? And I'm, you know, in essence, in essence, everything that came up seemed to be propaganda of some sort or another. And, and you could, I could already see it in the trailer. I didn't even have to watch anything. And it was like, it's like the writers have entirely abandoned the idea of just telling a story it's 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 like every single movie or every single show i'm seeing is just it's just like a trojan horse for some narrative and so i don't know i it was refreshing to watch that sound of freedom uh movie and you know all all good stories have some underlying theme or, or message right they all do but good stories are good stories that end up, and those things end up coming out in them. They're not some idea that's that's trying to be crammed into. Uh, it's not some narrative trying to be crammed into in the in the some semblance of a story. It seems like everywhere you turn, someone's trying to implant a narrative um, into my brain, and I don't know if that's 
experience that you're having or not. But, you know, like I said, all good stories have an underlying message. It's part of what makes them good stories. But the underlying messages that I'm seeing predominantly, um, and I mean like on a massive scale, are predominantly anti-human and, quite frankly, anti-Christ. It's getting harder and harder to find anything that could nominally be called entertainment that isn't openly hostile to any kind of Judeo-Christian value system. I remember, and I don't know if it was mere Christianity or not, but C.S. Lewis, I remember, said something along the line, uh, along the lines of Christians are living in occupied territory. And that really resonated with me. I understand that. And I feel it in my bones sometimes. Those of us who are Christ followers, um, it can feel like you're behind enemy lines. And maybe that's, maybe that's the most truth uh, way to look at it. And, but the terminology can be, you know, it's imperfect. It's imperfect because uh, it, when we think about it like that, we can, if we don't have the right context, we can pit ourselves against our fellow man in an, a very unhealthy manner. Should be trying to build people up and bring them to the light and, and not tearing them down or, or going after them. And our enemy, our, our enemy is, is not one of flesh and blood. It's a spiritual war. And that war, that war is not meant to be waged against people. It's, it's meant primarily meant to be waged within ourselves and Alexander, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said rightly, I think, that the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of every person. Paraphrasing. I was reading in Matthew today, and I was thinking about how we're told to be the salt of the earth, and that if we lose our saltiness, we might as well be cast onto the floor and trampled underfoot, essentially. And, and Jesus also talks in, in, you know, about not hiding our light under a basket. And we're supposed to let our light shine. And, and, you know, the whole children's song, if you grew up in in that kind of a culture where, you know, let your light shine. Um, but that light isn't talking about our own self-righteousness. That light, it, it, it isn't our personal light. You know, it's a light granted to us by our Savior. And I just want to encourage you in the truest sense of the word to fill you with courage, to stand up for truth with a capital T. We've been so conditioned by the media and by politicians and by the, the sort of elite academic culture and pop culture in Hollywood. And we've been just programmed to believe that we should be ashamed of the gospel. And I, and I wish... I really wish I could say that I that I think things are going to turn around and that some great leader is going to step forward and rise up and and that the pervasive anti-human technocratic agenda is going to be squashed and it's all going to you know we're going to make it a, make America great again we're going to make the world a great place again and kumbaya and all that but I I can't tell you that with any conviction I think that as a society we're going to continue to see a massive degradation of human rights and personal liberty. I don't think there's any knight in shining armor coming to save the day. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I think that things are going to get way harder for us in the coming days. I also think that we've had it 
so easy for so long that we've gotten kind of lazy and weak. I think the church, uh, in in the general sense of the Christians, uh, in the generic sense, have have gotten very weak and and sort of lost their way. The Christian culture, I should say, and it doesn't mean all all congregations or pastors. Are, I think are are you know, I, I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but I'm just saying the Christian culture in at least in the states that I see has gotten pretty weak. I think it's the overall life of affluence and relative freedom that we've enjoyed. And it's made us soft. Like I said, I can speak for where I live in the United States. I used to work out a lot. I mean, a lot, like stupid, a lot. I took my physical readiness for being a soldier very seriously. And I was just kind of a maniac about it anyway. But a few years back, a few years back, I got really, really sick. It was like a, anyway, you don't care what it was. I was really sick. It wasn't the Rona's keep. We'll just say that. Um, but I never really got, I never really got that fire back that I used to have. You know, I still exercise or whatever, try to stay in shape, but I, <laughs> Also, I'm no spring chicken, <laughs> so that's probably a factor. But but the effort that I have to put into now um, to do what used to be just like a warm-up for me is it, kind of pathetic. It, it's, a, it's very humbling, to say the least. The reason why I bring that up is because not because you care about my physical fitness, but it's because that sort of describes the church, I think, in general um, these days. We've gotten sort of sort of lazy and weak and, and soft. We're not, we're not spiritually, physically, we're not spiritually fit. Like I used to be physically fit. I am not spiritually fit either. Um, so I'm, I'm as guilty as the next guy. I'm, I'm not on a soapbox here. I'm not um, pointing any fingers. My own personal failings, I think, and weaknesses have, have sort of had me turning my eyes outward and recognizing in other people, my own weakness and failing. And I don't think it's just projection. I think it's there. I think, and I think it is because of affluence and comfort and a lack of persecution, a lack of struggle that makes us weak. I have a friend, uh, he's a dear and, and courageous man. Uh, and he moved his family to a closed country, closed country, meaning that they, they do not allow open evangelism in their country. It's 99% Muslim there. It's in North Africa. And he, and he moved there to basically start underground churches with his family. Very brave. And, <laughs> but I had the opportunity to, to see him and his family the other day. They're, they were back visiting. And that experience really uh, impacted me. It did. Because he, he was... I only got to spend, we had like uh, maybe 25 people, 30 people. It was a small, small thing in a backyard, just grilled out and all that. And he and his family were there to answer some questions and then just spend some time. And because there was, you know, everybody wanted to talk to him. So I only had a couple minutes with him. But in those couple minutes, uh, that was all I needed to see that he was so alive. And I, I don't know how else to say it. I could see it in his eyes. There was like a, there was a fire in his eyes, you know, 
Um, not the fire of self-righteousness. There was no like, oh, look what I'm doing. <laughs> it, it was the fire of passion and knowing that what he's doing makes a difference and it matters and in the in the eternal sense. I mean, I, I and I reflected on this and, and I realized that that my light has been under a basket and uh, that I've been I've been snuffing out the work that I could be doing in pursuit of, of God's will in my life and, and in the lives of the people around me. I kind of, it, it was a very strange moment that juxtaposition between where I was as sort of like doing my thing and, and the engaged life that he's living. And it, it's not easy for me to talk about cause we all want to think that we're doing our part, but uh, I, I honestly, I thought that was something that I needed to bring to the table and, and, and talk about. And there's a reason for that. And, um, you know, that contrast I felt was very, was very impactful, as I said. And, um, that the conviction I felt felt like a ton of bricks on me. And I've kind of been wandering around like in a daze since then. And I've been wondering what's wrong with me. Cause I, I didn't really have, you know, this is retrospectively. Now I'm talking, I didn't really have a, a true understanding of what that feeling was, but I've been walking around in kind of a daze since then. And, and I'm wondering, well, what's wrong with me? Am I depressed? It doesn't seem that likely, you know, I've struggled with depression before, but this, I don't think I'm depressed. Am I, am I in the wrong job? Did I make some kind of a major career mistake? I don't know. Am I having a midlife crisis? I don't know. Maybe, maybe all three of those things are true, but maybe not. Uh, I think the real reason why I've been dragging my feet and, and sort of in this weird days is that I've been wandering. I've realized that I'm wandering through a spiritual desert and I, and I was wondering, I wanted to bring that to you and I wanted to just ask you not for me, but for you to ask you, do you feel like that resonates with you? Do you feel like you're wandering through a sort of a spiritual desert? Are you just kind of checking the box and getting going and going through life? That's not where we're supposed to be. I'm just saying, and, and I'm speaking to Christ followers. I mean, I'm speaking to everybody, but specifically Christ followers. So this may not, you may turn me off and, and say whatever uh, doesn't apply to me, but I'm speaking to Christ followers mainly. And we talk about being red-pilled. Right? We talk about sort of this idea and this quote-unquote truther community of waking up to some of the realities that are out there. But I can tell you this. If you are, like me, a Christ follower, and you're not actively pushing yourself to minister to those around you and, and sharing the gospel, you like myself, are in a spiritual desert. And uh, so my wife apparently told this friend of mine that, that's, that was back visiting that I have a podcast. And um, so I wanted to say, if you're, if you're listening, and I, and I won't say your name, but if you're listening, I want to thank you for, for being a mirror for me and, and for not hiding your light under a basket and for the, the brave decision that you made and, and for the work that you're doing for the kingdom of God. And I want to thank you. And I, and I, 
I'm so grateful for you and your wonderful family. And it, it, it took a little while, but I understand now that this weight that's been on my back, it's been my own pride and my apathy. So I want to thank you for, for inspiring me to do better. For all of you now I'm talking to that are listening to this, um, my producers, uh, I don't know where you are, um, those of you who are listening today. I don't know if you stumbled on this show by way of another or if, if, or if you do share my faith in Christ, but I hope that you do. Um, I want to say if anybody wants to correspond with me, you can always email me at subtlecane at protonmail.com. That's subtlecane at protonmail.com. I'm, I'm relatively quick to respond to people. Um, sometimes there's a little lag, but I'm relatively quick to respond. And, and if you have any questions that pertain to the show, any of the episodes that I've put out, I'm happy to discuss. Or if you want to know about my faith and why I'm a Christ follower, I, I'm happy to discuss that as well. This podcast it has been an extraordinary learning experience for me. And I've been able to talk to some amazing people and I've been able to, it's really pushed me to learn more in order to bring material here. But, uh, and it's such a bizarre turn of events the, the last few years, haven't they been? Oh my goodness. I would have laughed at anyone who said I'd, I'd, host a podcast i really i can barely you operate my laptop half the time so but here i am i don't know what's next for me i i don't know for sure but i'm trying very hard to write a book not easy there's a reason why the statistical probability of someone finishing a book is is as low as it is it's a it's hard work all that is to say all that is to say that i am stepping away from this work for a little while this podcast. And uh, let me tell you, it has been a real honor and a privilege to have so many people, so many um, share their valuable time with me. And um, I hope beyond hope uh, that this endeavor has been in some way a blessing to you, wherever you are, whoever you are. I hope that you have purpose in your life, that you have hope, and that you know that there's a reason to have hope, despite all the stuff that's going on. Because there's myriad reasons to feel despair or fear or anxiety in this life. I know. I know. But take heart. Because the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. For all you listening, you are valued. You are love, and you are worthy. God bless, and good night. There's no turning back once the fire's lit, let the embers glow. Lack of fear as the world I love turns to ashes